Ah, Punch and Judy. Can there be a more innocent entertainment, Brunswick? Well, sir. <laughs> Judy's just been bludgeoned to death. <laughs> oh, there goes the baby. <laughs> oh. oh, sometimes I'm very, very proud to be British. Inspector Steen by Lynn Truss. Episode 4. That's the way to do it. Inspector Steen loved Brighton in the 1950s. Brighton had made him famous, of course, but he loved the town for the light, the sea, the humbug shops, the waft of frying fish, the happy shrieking of the kiddies on the beach, and most of all, for the limitless supply of ice cream. Ah, oh, breathe that air, Brunswick. About sixpence a pint. In short, he liked everything about Brighton, except the criminal element. So he cast them, in his mind, as innocent characters for possible inclusion in one of his talks on the wireless. Oh, dear. Look, Brunswick, look. Ah. As we walked along the seafront, I would spot Tony the Pimp conversing animatedly with Five Ways Charlie, both of them well aware of the telltale bulge in Tony's jacket pocket, and the inspector would say... Oh, like something from a Donald McGill postcard, those two, Brunswick. <laughs> Sometimes I thought it was a curse to be able to see the everyday criminal reality of Brighton quite so clearly. To be honest, it had started to make me incredibly depressed. Oh, did I tell you the Brighton Evening Argus has asked me to judge the Knickerbocker Glory competition this year, Sergeant? Oh, that's uh, an honour, sir. Oh, could you hold on a moment? Irene! Irene, I saw that! I love you, Preston! Sorry, sir. What was it? Knickerbocker Glories. What's wrong with you, Brunswick? Oh, I don't know, sir. I suppose I'm still feeling the effects of last weekend. What, you mean our courageous undercover operation at the casino that went wildly wrong and nearly led to the ultimate professional sacrifice of three policemen? That is the main thing I remember about last weekend, sir, if I'm honest. Oh, well, I suppose it does take a special sort of person to recover as quickly as I did from being forced to stand in a bucket of concrete facing your own imminent murder while a daring bank robbery is taking place elsewhere. Oh, um, you... You don't mean you're afflicted with some sort of psychological wound or something? Oh, no, sir. Of course not, sir. I mean that I've still got a piece of concrete stuck to the soles of my feet. Oh. Well, you just deal with it five ways. If Vince won't see sense, use the other thing. Honestly, if you want something done properly round here, you've got to do it yourself. Oh, got to go. Morning, Mrs. Boynes. Did I interrupt something? Uh, morning, Constable Twitten. Interrupt something? Oh, no, dear, whatever gave you that idea. Oh, is that today's sketch, dear? Oh, I see Britain has signed an agreement aimed at granting Malaya independence by August 1957, then. Well, not before time, I say. Shall we celebrate with a nice cup of tea? Oh, yes, please. How are you feeling after your ordeal of last weekend, then? Oh, never better, Mrs G. I've got a new whistle and it's really cheered me up. Oh, my gold! Oh, my good gold! Would you like to hear it again? Of course, dear. But how about I give you a signal? How's that? Oh, all right. <clears throat> Ready, dear? The thing is, dear, it could be any second, it could be in a couple of weeks. It could be never. You'll just have to wait and see. 
You don't like the whistle, do you, Mrs. Goines? No, dear. So how about you put it away and we'll say no more about it? Besides, dear, your whistle may have cheered you up all right, and of course I'm all over smiles myself about the news about Malayan independence. But between you, me, and that tea cosy, the sergeant seems to have taken the events of last weekend quite badly. Has he said anything to you, dear? Well, he did say he was experiencing a little difficulty removing the last of the concrete. Well, he told me he was thinking of chucking it. No. That's right, jacking it in. Oh no. So I was thinking, you know what would cheer him up, dear? What? You know that Punch and Judy man, ventriloquist Vince? Oh, I don't think Punch and Judy would cheer the sergeant up, Mrs G. We've watched it together a few times, and he's always really disturbed by the way Punch gets away with murder, and how all the children laugh at the uselessness of the policeman. No, I didn't mean that. It's Vince's new pitch, dear, by the bandstand. Huh? Been there since Sunday. Hmm. I happen to know that, because last Sunday morning I was just passing, and I thought, what the hell is he doing there? Hmm. He can't go and do that. Huh? Well, you ask the sergeant, but I think... I think I'm right in saying that Vince is contravening Section 12, Paragraph 4 of the 1908 Safety on the Public Footpath Act. Really? What was that again? I'll make a note. Section 12, Mm -hmm. Paragraph 4, 1908 Public Footpath Act. Mm. (laughs) Look at me, dear. What do I know? Gosh, thank you, Mrs. Goins. And his name's Ventriloquist Vince. That's interesting. Does he need to be a ventriloquist to do Punch and Judy? Isn't he out of sight? Oh, people just call him that to get his goat, dear. He's got no talent of any kind except perhaps for threatening behaviour. Mm. He couldn't throw his voice further than I could throw the Royal Pavilion. <laughs> so, um, what's the story, Twenty? It's Jolly and Tweedon, sir. The Punch and Judy man moved to his new pitch last Sunday. Near the bandstand, sir. It's one of his regular spots. Mm. You can't help wondering sometimes, can you? How people have the strength to carry on, I mean. And it's also completely pointless. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Evidently, ventriloquist Vince likes this particular spot because his sweetheart Maisie sells rubber rings and bottles of pop and little plastic windmills on sticks from one of the booths along there. And he likes to keep an eye on her. Mm. Is all this detail relevant, Tritton? I don't know, sir. <laughs> but it's jolly colourful, isn't it, sir? Mm. Pointless is what it is, pointless. Anyway, <clears throat> I just popped along to tell him he might need to move his pitch because he might be in contravention of the Safety on the Public Footpath Act. And he nearly bit my head off. He said that all week he'd be getting threats from an unknown person, sir, telling him to move. Threats? Yes, sir. I think it's jolly intriguing, sir. Mm, Yes, certainly is, but in only one particular. Why doesn't he just move? Oh, Ventriloquist Vince is a very stubborn man, sir, and apparently quite quick-tempered. I think it's partly because he's not really a ventriloquist, and and everyone assumes he is because of the name, sir. Mm. Everyone's scared of him, sir. Oh, look, and here he comes now. He's coming here. Oh, yes, I I told him to meet us here. Mr. Vince, over here. He can't see you, Twitten. Hello, hello, Mr. Vince. I know. Ah! Twitten, will you stop that? Over here. Twitten, stop! Sorry, sir. Uh, This is Vince, sir. You tell him yet? Oh, uh, uh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. I, I've explained to the uh, inspector. I'm not to move in that site, mate, and that's what. You can chop me in the bits. You can build me into flyover. i got to keep an eye on my girl, see. She do or my not. She make me crazy. He's some boyfriend of hers. I know it's some teddy boy with a quiff of me out of the way. But he don't dare come and see me because I knock his bloody block off. What are you grinning at, horse face? Oh, me? Uh, oh, um, nothing. Um, Twitten... Did you catch any of that? I think I mentioned that Vince's girl is Maisie. 
And I'm wondering, Sergeant Brunswick, whether that would be the same Maisie that you recently took out on a date. <laughs> Remember to get her drunk on vintage port and tizer and pump her for information. Oh, sadly, it probably wasn't, no. Must have been some other Maisie, Vince. <laughs> Women, eh? <laughs> Trust them to be all called Maisie. Blast, because you know, she sounded like the same girl, you see. Uh, buck teeth, hairband, ankle socks. Yes, but not the same girl. The Maisie I went out with didn't have a large, irascible, insanely jealous boyfriend, you see. Mr. Vince, does your Maisie drink port and tizer? Yes, she does. Vince, uh, I don't think you've met the inspector properly. He's um currently judging the Knickerbocker Glory competition for the Argus. <laughs> Good luck. Oh, you're right. Yeah, it's not by any means as easy as it sounds. Uh, you'd think you'd be judging like with like, but oh no. No, some of them don't have glassy cherries, some have just one wafer, some have a uh, shorter spoon. Now, Vince, how many suspects are we looking at here? Has Maisie got many other boyfriends? Half a Brighton. Half a Brighton on my Maisie. She's a very bad girl, but you know, she drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, those teeth. Oh, those shorty socks. The sergeant liked the hairband. Oh, the hairband. And so you put up that tent of yours? It's called a booth, mate. Of course, you put up your booth last Sunday and you immediately started getting threats when you've never had threats before. Uh, you're right, it makes no ruddy sense. Uh, look, Mr. Vince, um, I don't really think this is a police matter. Well, I do, sir. I beg your pardon, Brunswick. I'm sorry, sir, but this is quite suspicious. Yes, and you sort him out this block. I'll buy you a bottle of beer in the brown bear, how's that? Yeah, I bet you couldn't say that without moving your lips, eh? No, no, I couldn't! By the way... Yes? You know what happened to the last fellow judging Knickerbocker Glory? No. <laughs> no. I don't expect you do. <laughs> I'll never forget what my first chief inspector said to me when I was a raw recruit in the early 1920s. He said there are two sorts of people in this world, Steve. First, people who admit they are liars, and second, people who lie even about that. Now, I found this a harsh judgment then... And I still find it an unhelpful and pessimistic attitude for a police officer to entertain. <laughs> Rather playfully, I asked him in which category he would place himself. And you know, <laughs> I was on the beat for 18 years before he finally died from a direct hit from a doodlebug and I was allowed to come indoors. Uh, come in. Ah, Brunswick. Yes. You uh, want uh, to see me, sir? Uh, yes, uh, 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 take a seat. Take a seat. <laughs> Look, um, comfy? <clears throat> Good. Uh, it's, it's, um, uh, it's come to my attention, Sergeant. Um, <laughs> it, it, um, uh, it's come to my attention that you're not uh, quite your usual lively self. He's the villain, sir. Quite, yes, yes. I, I think the word was... Pointless, sir. Pointless, yes, yes, that's it, yes. <clears throat> They're everywhere, sir. So I hear. <laughs> oh, dear, dear. It's, uh, it's hopeless, sir. A losing battle. Yes, sir. <clears throat> uh, anything, um... Uh, anything r- wrong at home? Oh, no, sir. Nothing like that. Oh, good, good. That's good. Excellent. Well, 
Uh, yes, yes, quite all right. Brad Speak, my door is always open. Metaphorically, of course. I mean, usually it's closed, but metaphorically it's sort of ajar, at least. <laughs> oh, look, 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 look. Um, far be it from me, but look, just... Um, Cheer up, old chap. That's probably the answer. In fact, I'm sure it is. Good idea, sir. <laughs> Cheer, Cheer up. Cheer up, yes, yes, yes. No, no, off you go, then. Off you go. <laughs> I'm sure Mrs. Grimes will make you a lovely cup of tea. <laughs> oh, well done. You've got any more of that camp coffee, Twin? Uh, yes, sir. I think there's a tiny drop left. We'll pour it away, son. It's disgusting. What do you think will happen here tonight, sir? I mean, it's jolly exciting keeping watch in a Punch and Judy tent, or even booth, on a deserted beach in the middle of the night, sir. I'm not complaining. Shh, 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 shh. Oh, no, it's nothing. Or a seagull with obnails. Story of my life. Sir, if you don't mind my saying so, you seem a bit... Low recently. No, and you won a medal for forensic observation at Hendon. Look, do you like the seaside, Twin? Well, yes, sir. I think we're very lucky to work in a place that other people choose for their holidays. And I never tire of watching that chap in the sweet shop window twisting the stuff that makes the humbugs. You see, that's the difference. I've been working here now for nearly ten years and I've never felt the way the inspector does. He sees frolicking in sandcastles. I see corruption, cynicism and crowds of very, very bad people doing very, very bad things whenever they spot the chance. The smell of the weed, it's the smell of death. The sound of the fairground rides, the music of misery. The taste of humbugs, the taste of everlasting despair. I hope you don't mind my asking, sir, but... Well, did anything horrible ever happen to you at the seaside? Horrible? Don't think so. Because sometimes there can be an association with a bad memory. At least that's what I learned from my readings in psychology, sir. Oh, yeah. No, no, do try to think, sir. It could be the smallest thing. Perhaps uh, stumbling across a dead seagull on a day when you were happy. Or, or being punished for a dropstick of rock. Well, my... Dad died on the beach at Bogner. That was a bit horrible, I suppose. What? When? Well, this would have been in 1925, I suppose, so I would have been ten. Hmm. <laughs> Happy days, Constable. Hmm. We were all mucking about on the beach, and my brother and I buried Dad up to the neck in sand. You know how kids do. <laughs> and he had this heart attack, you see. Oh, dear. Well, he'd never been well after the trenches, you see, but we thought he was joking. Huh. So we poured water on his head and planted a Union Jack on his chest and erected a windbreak to prevent anyone seeing him and ran off to the rock pool. <laughs> well, we were only kids, you see. We didn't know. Hmm. I'll, I'll never forget. Afterwards, there was Mum in an orange hat waving a little spade at us, sobbing, You killed him! You killed him! Hmm. Oh, that put the kibosh on that holiday, as you can imagine. Yeah. She had us put in our home after that. Oh. We can't blame her, really. But I, I don't remember dropping a stick of rock. Golly, sir, what a terrible story. And, and then, well, I, I suppose it's the same sort of thing, come to think of it. This would have been in 1933, in Worthing. My first girlfriend, Alice, had this rare allergy to candy floss, mm. and nobody knew. And I made her have four lots on Worthing Pier, so she passed out. Oh, no. Yes, and she fell right out of the steam swing onto her head and lost her memory. Mm. So we never got married, and now she's a sort of vegetable. Mm. 
And all the while the carousel was going round and round and round and round playing. Oh, I do like to be beside the seaside. Oh, crikey, sir. And no dead seagulls, though. So you really don't have to tell me all this. Oh, and my first sexual experience oh, no. in 1935 was in with the donkeys behind the bumper cars at Shanklin on Please. a wonderful warm summer night Please, and it turned out that while I was having it <clears throat> the girl's mum was drowning herself on the beach but I, I don't see that's any reason not to like the seaside even in the police force there is no need to become cynical about human nature I suppose I am particularly fortunate in that my father, having been a chief superintendent in the city of London, I grew up at the station house in the company of fine, honest coppers who would tell tales of, well, of escorting drunks to neighbouring jurisdictions and then coming back an hour later to find <laughs> that the drunk had been escorted back into the metropolitan police area by a member of the neighbouring constabulary. <laughs> Imagine the innocent fun in all this. You escort him out, someone else escorts him back. <laughs> In the course of a night, the drunk would be sobered up by all the walking. <laughs> Shh, this could be them. Who's them, sir? Maisie Suitors? No, Twitten the bank robbers. What? Oh, I've been looking forward to this. Get your torch ready, Twitten. Right. Who's there? <laughs> Police! <laughs> Police! You're outnumbered! Get him! Quick! Police! Police! I've got him, sir! I've, I've got him! Quick, shine the torch! Don't let go, Twitten! Oh, quirky! Get off me! It's a woman, sir! I'm warning you! Ah! Gosh, it's Mrs. Gwine, sir! What? Let go, sir! It's Mrs. Gwine! Oh, no! Oh, no! Why is it all so pointless? Oh, God! Oh, Mrs. Groin. Sergeant? Oh, flippin' heck, why did it have to be you? Well, blimey, strike me pink gourd, help us. Help me up then, dear. Here you are, Mrs. Cheat. Oh, well, this is a bit rum, dear, or I'm not... I'm not playing this tom-tom and smoking this peace pipe. Let her go, Twitten. And don't follow me. Don't follow me. Yes, sir. Sorry, Mrs. Groin. Are you all right, sir? God, I hate Brighton! What's going on, dear? What's wrong with the sergeant all of a sudden? I think he's annoyed because we were expecting a dangerous villain, and then you turned up instead. Oh, give over. What would a dangerous villain be doing down here at this time of night? Either leaving a threat for ventriloquist Vince or digging a big hole, or probably both. Digging a big hole and then leaving a threat to Vince not to say anything about it. You've lost me, dear. And me? Really, dear? And you such a notorious clever dick. Well, it was a first time for everything. Look, this isn't something you need to get involved in, Mrs. G. Better get yourself home. Let's just hope all this commotion hasn't scared off the real bloke. Well, uh, well, I hate to say it, but I don't suppose the real bloke is likely to turn up now, is he? The constable did blow his whistle very loudly. He did, didn't he? I'd confiscate it if I were you. Oh, well, toodaloo. Oh, do, you, do you need that shovel, Mrs. Groins? Shovel, dear? Oh, oh, this. No, dear. I can't think why I brought it. So, let's see. Ow! Well, all this standing around jawing won't get the passenger of a craft as invented by Christopher Cockrell into viable commercial production, will it? I'll be off then. 
See you in the morning, dears. Good night, Mrs. Quines. I'm ever so sorry it was me, dear. Oh, that's all right. Good night. You must have dropped this half brick with a note tied round it, Mrs. Goins, in the struggle. Oh, oh, thank you, dear. Honest, I'll forget me own head if it wasn't attached with Rick Rack. Cheery, boys. She's a character, isn't she, sir? She is, yes. Now, help me move this Punch and Judy booth. There's no chance now of finding out who's behind all this. At least we can find out what they've buried here. Well, there is a... So he get home, right? All the heads of his gnomes been ready knock off. <gasps> his wife, she's screaming, kid is under stair. It's a bloodbath, mate, though not blood exactly. Bits of painted garden ornament, but still a right ruddy mess, mm-hmm. mate. Good heavens. Uh, and all for... Ah, you're right. All for giving second prize Knickerbocker Glory Metropole Pete. Ice cream people know soft, Inspector. They're animals. You know, Scoop. Uh, what? The ice cream scoop? Hey, you know why it's that size? That exact size and shape and handle and everything? No. Scoop your eye out, mate. Oh, yeah. no, no, stop, stop. Oh, look, look, how is he now, the poor chap? Oh, he got twitch. He don't say much. Don't say raspberry ripple much, mate. Don't say okey pokey. Show him Tin Del Monte fruit salad. He'll fall down, curl up like dead. Oh, sir. Oh, good morning, sir. Good morning. You all right, sir? Oh, of course. Yes, yes, yes. I'm very well, thank you, Sergeant. You seem a bit more cheerful this morning, Brunswick. Oh, I am, sir. Bring it in, Twitten. Yeah, sir. I expect you're wondering what's in that sack, sir. <laughs> well, if you say so. <laughs> it's the hole, sir. What? It's the hole from last Saturday night's raid on Gold's Bank. The robbers must have buried it under the stones behind the bandstand, and then when they came back to dig it up, they found Vincent put up his punch and Judy right on top of it. Hence all the efforts to get you to move, you see, Mr. Vince. Nothing to do with a rival for Maisie at all. They needed to get to the buried treasure. You mean I've been standing on top of that for a week? Blimey, Riley. Quite. I mean, you've really recovered the money? Yes, sir. I'm astonished. Did you guess this, Brunswick? It it wasn't an accident. I'll just put two and two together, sir. It was the fact that Vince didn't pitch the tent till last Sunday that made me think of the loot from the robbery, sir. Oh, that's terribly clever. Thank you, sir. Really smart. No, no, no. I wish I had a mind that worked like that. I mean, didn't I actually tell you it wasn't a police matter, Vince? I was on the wrong lines too, sir, if that's any consolation. Which it isn't. Thank you, Twitten, but thank you all the same. Anyway, well done, Brunswick. Morning, dears. Oh, what you got there, Sergeant Brunswick? Did you find what you were looking for on the beach? Mrs. Groins happened to come along last night when we were staking out the tent, sir. That's a booth, mate. I meant the booth, sir. Oh, so what was there? The crown jewels? Look, Mrs. Groins. Oh, blimey. Of course, we don't know who buried it there. Well, you can't have everything. Oh, a celebration is in order, I think. To Luigi's for ice cream, sir. Oh, well, I'll just consult uh, Vince. Uh, uh, Luigi's, good idea. I mean, I was thinking of placing in third. Would he take that badly, do you think? Luigi. Ha, Luigi. Mm. I don't call him two scoop Luigi for nothing. Oh. Ha! You like this? Wait. I do the punch and duty. Oh. Right. This him, right? Mm. And this, you. Right. This one's him, yes? That's the way to do it. Ratbag policeman dodgy taste buds horse face. Oh. Ah. Oh, dear. And um, this is you. No, 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 no. Please, don't bother. Hey. Oh, no, see, oh. my ratbag policeman life fall over. Oh. Help. 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 Help! Help! Somebody help him! Oh. So, to sum up, 
If anything, I take the opposite view from my cynical old chief inspectors. Some people tell the truth. The rest may try to lie, but they never ultimately get away with it. And if they do get away with it, they are ultimately very unhappy people. And if they're not unhappy, they jolly well ought to be. Because it is the job of humanity to aspire to truth. As the poet Dunn put it so well. <clears throat> On a huge hill, cragged and steep, truth stands. And he that will reach her about must, and about must go. And what the hill's suddenness resists, wins so. Uh, hang on. Um, and that the hill's suddenness resists, win. So. Good night. you going to, Sergeant? Trying to get rid of me, Mrs. Groins. Oh, I wouldn't dream of it, dear. Oh, I see from the constable's daily sketch that Kim Philby has made it plain in a public statement that he isn't the third man. Well, that's a relief, I must say. I'll be off in a minute. I just want to... Just look at this cash, Mrs. G. You seem happy, dear. Yes. Well, that's nice. Do you mind if I hold some for a minute? Ooh. Ooh, isn't that lovely? Makes you want to stroke it like a cat. It's, it's not just the money, you see, Mrs. Groins. This means more than that to me. I know, dear. I mean, I'm assuming you're going to hand it back. I was beginning to get discouraged about being a policeman in this town, Mrs. G. I know, dear. We've been worried about you. I was thinking of jacking it in. I know, I know. Cup of tea. <laughs> It's the villains, you see. Oh, you and your villains. Oh, look no. at you. It's the villains. Oh, but the villains always oh. seem to be one step ahead. Oh, but here's my point, dear. How can they be cleverer than you, eh? It don't make sense now, does it? Oh, oh, come on, dear. Come on, they'll be waiting for you in the canteen. And there's pink blancmange. I'll check specially. Oh, thank you. There. Oh, thank you. Oh, think nothing of it, dear, as the communist spy said to the gullible MP. You off now, dear? Oh, I think I will. Oh, I forgot. Your shovel. Oh, cheers, dears. Just leave the sack. It'll be safe here. Don't worry about a thing, dear. There's nobody here but me and these jelly deals. Oh, yes. Yes, it'll be quite safe here, dear, with trusty old Mrs. Groins. I mean to say, it'll be safe enough here unless some crazed, affronted ice cream parlour proprietor comes round when I'm dusting with my workers' playtime on and makes off with it without my seeing. Oh, that's the way to do it, all right, dear. That's the way to do it. In Inspector Steen by Lynn Truss, Inspector Steen was played by Michael Fenton Stevens. Mrs. Groins, Jan Ravens. Brunswick, John Ram. Twitten, Matt Green. And ventriloquist Vince, Kim Wall. Music was by Anthony May. The producer was Karen Rose. It was a Sweet Talk production. 
for BBC Radio 4. Well, look on the bright side, Trevor. They saved me the trouble of digging it up. <laughs> but you should have heard me. I amaze myself sometimes. Gone, Inspector. Gone. But I've been here all along, dear. Wherever could it have gone? 